Welcome to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith. A researcher spoke at the American Medical Association annual meeting last year to an audience of physicians and health executives. If I told you we had a system issue that affected quality of care, limited access to care, and eroded patient satisfaction, he said, you would immediately assign a team of systems engineers, physicians, and administrators to fix that problem rapidly, he said, arguing that physician burnout is a system issue, but we have not mobilized the way we would to address other factors affecting quality, access, and patient satisfaction. Here to talk about the rising prevalence and severity of physician burnout and what can be done about it are psychologist Ronald Fish, the Clinical Director of Psychological Healthcare Mental Health Service, and Dr. Mickey Leibowitz, an endocrinologist and clinical quality medical director at Krauss Hospital and the author of a book called Losing My Patients, Why I Quit the Medical Game. Welcome to both of you. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Good. Thanks for having us. All right, so I wanted to start with each of you explaining why you have an interest in this subject of what we'll call physician wellness or physician burnout. Ron, starting with you. Well, for me, it's a way to give back. Uh, personally, uh, since the day I moved into Syracuse 32 years ago, I was privileged to be treated by a wonderful physician, Dr. Lewis Green, who gave his all every day. He recently retired after 12 to 14 hour days, week mm -hmm. after week after week. And he was successful with me, except not really knowing what to do about hair loss. <laughs> and professionally, my career has been filled with working with physicians, psychological health care, and addressing burnout. Um, and I like to think of it as promoting wellness, increasing resilience, is a way to help the, these wonderful providers and also improve patient health. Okay. Yeah. All right. Dr. Lewis? Well, I was just, just going to add to Ron's comments because Ron is too humble to say that he's been work, he worked for 18 years at St. Joe's with uh, the residents there. I don't know if you wanted to uh, add back on that. We worked with the psychosocial aspects of the doctor-patient relationship. So part of it was helping them with wellness, but also about uh, how to uh, work with colleagues, improve patient care. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great. Great. Back to me. Right. Yeah. So I actually have two, two, two reasons for it. The first one is personal. You mentioned, and I appreciate you mentioning my book, Losing My Patients. And if anybody out there, even one person buys my book, you'll have doubled my sales. So please feel free. Um, so uh, back in 2009, I left my practice after almost 17 years of being in practice. And it was a gut-wrenching decision. Um, in the book, I describe how the other team of reg government regulators, malpractice attorneys, uh, pharmaceutical companies, et cetera, really imp negatively impacted my experience. And so I put some... So that's why you left? Uh, well, uh, in many respects, I put blame on them. Uh, as it turns out now, we have to reading a lot about burnout, and, uh, and now that it's become uh, more known, well-known, I think uh, now, nine, ten years later, I could say probably at that particular time, even though all those things existed and they still exist mm -hmm. to some uh, level, I probably was burnt out. But, you know, at that particular time, given what Ron said, you know, we, as physicians, we, you couldn't really admit that you were burnt out. You know, given the stoicism of medicine, you couldn't admit to being, uh, you know, really at a level where you just had a hard time getting through. So, so you just threw in... you. <clears throat> I walked away. Altogether. Yeah, I looked at it and I said, you know, the future looked uh, didn't look bright. It was um, didn't look sustainable to work. As as Ron said with Dr. Green, I was working. Lou and I were partners. We worked very long hours, and I looked at the future of medicine and I said, really, it's not you know not meeting my expectations. And 
um, the hours were not sustainable and living in that environment I didn't think was sustainable. I, had, I, I just had to find another way. And so happily, which leads me to the second reason why I wanted to uh, do this course is I had the good fortune of being hired at Krauss Hospital as a quality director. And as a quality director, I get a chance to come out of my bubble in my private practice and see how a lot of the other docs really are functioning. A lot of the other docs, unfortunately, these are great people who are beaten down, broken up, and, and burnt out. And uh, as a quality director, in order to achieve a great level of quality, you have to have, you have to be okay. You have to be well, because right. if you are just uh, struggling, then you can't be your best when your best is needed. And frankly, you always need to be your best when you're taking care of patients. You can't take a, a okay, for you, I'm going to take this, 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 this moment off. I can't give you my best. Everybody expects your best. So you can't achieve the level of quality that you really want to achieve unless you are well. So in your role now, are you, do you see patients or... You it's a whole different type of medicine that you're doing right. Now. So happily, I still have the opportunity to uh, use my specialty of endocrinology, which is a fabulous specialty, and I get to see uh, cons consultations in the hospital. So okay. people with diabetes or thyroid problems, adrenal problems, whatever, and that is uh, that's great for me because I, I really love my specialty and I love the practice of medicine. I think that it was a great choice, uh, but I think that we have to understand really what it takes to deliver the great level of care that pe that we expect as physicians and what patients expect as people okay. who are receiving care. Well, let's talk a little bit about how, basically how bad is it in terms of physician burnout? Because there's a lot of research on this. Right. So you um, you can't pick up a, a layperson's journal like the Time Magazine or Wall Street Journal. You can't pick up a medical journal without having an article about physician burnout. So with uh, it's, it's widespread that way, it's well known. And also, there have been 18 books published since 2012 about physician burnout. Wow. So it's, it's well described, it's well known, and it tells you, just based upon the amount of information that's being published, how common the problem is. So the most recent study came from the Mayo Clinic Proceedings, in 20, it was published in 2015, about physician burnout. And they compared their results uh, to 2011. In 2011, 45% uh, of physicians uh, noted that they were burnt out. And there's a definition of burnout, and Ron could probably well, talk about I was going to ask more. if we can for a minute. Ron, yeah. can you interject what is burnout? Is it, is it like depression? or what? I mean, there's a technical definition for it, right? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a loss of um, meaning, uh, okay. feeling like you're not doing anything, feeling like you're not succeeding. And it's, there's an element of depersonalization. We might tend to see uh, patients as uh, less um, than they are, less, less real, human less, or less human. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, or as objects or as diseases. You know, she's the one with the gallbladder. You don't even know her name. She's the gallbladder problem, that type of thing. A failure of empathy and a loss of energy. Huh, okay. Yeah. Well, it, it, probably there's other health professions as well. Is this an issue for nurses or technicians or other healthcare providers? Do you see that as well? We see it throughout. Okay. And I, I'm gratified that people are starting to take notice of this. It's like um, we're allowed now to have emotions, right? The world is recognizing that, that uh, we're not just technicians, that we're alive. And okay, so, so what do we need to do to recharge our batteries? What do we need to do to be well? Well, hold that thought for a minute, and let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's HealthLink on air, and we're talking with Syracuse psychologist Ronald Fish and doctor and author uh, Mickey Leibowitz about the issue of physician burnout and physician wellness. Um, so let me ask this real quick. How can a patient tell if their physician is burned out, and, and should they be concerned that 
perhaps their physician is burned out? Is it, a, is it an issue that's of importance to patients? It's a great question. I think that what's happened with uh, patients and in concert with the medical profession and mental health is that patients are becoming better consumers. Patients are encouraged to bring uh, collateral to the visits because everybody gets nervous going to the doctor, right? Yeah. So you want to have somebody to take notes. And um, patients should, if there's any difficulty, patients should have an honest, direct, respectful conversation with their provider and try to see what's going on. Okay. But doc- doctors could be good at hiding it, but if you, f- you know, there are some telltale signs that physicians, you know, if they're, if the physician is, you know, uh, dis- is disengaged or it's hard, you're, hard, you're having a hard time connecting, mm. it, it could be personalities, but it could also be, you know, some of the, uh, the signs of, of, um, of a physician being uh, uh, burnt out. Especially and, uh, if it's someone you've been going to for years exactly. and you have a relationship and things start changing. Exactly. Some, yeah, patients would patients are very observant. Uh, even when I was in practice, they would say, hey, Dr. Libos, are you okay today? Uh, you, you know, it looks like you're, you know, uh, you're not smiling today. What's going on? So, pe- you know, people are observant. They'll pick mm-hmm. up things. And the consequence of uh, going to a burned-out physician uh, could be that the level of care might not be exactly what the patients uh, would want or hope to get uh, because it's really hard to give your best when, you, when you're not at your best, just like we said before. Oh, I imagine. Yeah. So, uh, when study- you're dealing with healthcare, though, that could be kind of a life and death decision or, or situation yeah, that exactly. you put yourself in. If yeah. So, so adherence to medications might be uh, less, or following instructions might be, you know, that less, or mis- medical errors might be greater. So, you know, people really need to be on on alert for that. Yeah. This is one of the reasons that we're that psychological health care is working with medical practices, so that we have um, mental health providers, behavioral health uh, consultants in the medical practices to assist with this. I mean, doctors are too busy now. You know, the primary care doc might see the patient every what twelve minutes, mm-hmm. and how do you get everything in? And so, part of this is a reorganization of uh, the medical delivery service, so that patients' needs, and we're talking about doctors' needs here, but they're inextricably intertwined. You know, so how can we address uh, the human condition? Right. So what, so what practically is being done to help physicians who are burned out, and what's being done to help prevent physicians from burning out? Right. You've got some ideas of things that you're doing locally, right? Well, we're offering some courses. Mm-hmm. So glad you asked. Yeah. Just by chance, you asked. <laughs> <laughs> so we're uh, currently uh, working with the course at Onondaga County Medical Society and also at Kraus Hospital. And Mickey and I together have developed a course to help promote resiliency. So it's a six-session course. We're offering it uh, each session a month apart. Two meetings focus on the individual so that uh, the individual physicians become more aware of what we call a resilience zone. Not that we developed this, but it's a common term. But the sense of calmness and, and wellness and balance inside. Two sessions on interpersonal relationships, uh, relationships with, with uh, colleagues, staff, patients, and others. And then two, se- two sessions on how to uh, promote wellness in the culture. Interesting. How do you get physicians to admit that this would be a class they should go to? 
Well, what we've um, the way the course is outlined is uh, physicians are very, very interested in delivering quality care. Sure. So we have as the ultimate goal is to deliver quality care. And to Ron's point, how do you deliver quality care? You have to have the right culture. You have to be in the right environment. If you're in a destructive environment, then quality care will suffer. So we say that culture drives quality. And then you might ask, well, what drives culture? What drives culture is relationships. And if you have good relationships, the culture will thrive, quality will thrive. If you have bad relationships, the culture will, will, uh, will be compromised. And last but not least is what drives relationships is the individual. So the individual has to be in a good mindset, a good frame uh, to have a good relationship. It's hard to have a good relationship if you're burnt out. So we say that individual drives relationships, relationships drive culture, culture drives quality. So what we're, the hook that we have for our physicians is how do you be your best when your best is needed and to deliver that quality care, and we're hoping that that's the hook. So when we talk about promoting resiliency, is that something that um, – it takes a long time to learn and absorb, or is there are, are there things that you can do each morning to sort of build yourself up with resiliency for the day? Uh, I'd say yes to all of that. To all of it. It's a, you know, it's simple concepts, and it takes practice, and that's what we emphasize mm -hmm. in the course. We talk about this concept of the resilience zone. We talk about something happens, a stressor, or a crisis, threat occurs, and you get bumped out of your resilience zone. Well, bumped out of your resilience zone really means kind of like the fight-flight. You've heard of fight-flight? So what happens with fight-flight is our sympathetic nervous system gets activated. We might start breathing hard. When uh, we get startled or under stress or started, something? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I would just imagine driving here today, and it looked like a car is going to hit you, you. Right. Now, at that moment, your heart rate goes up, your, you know, your eyes widen, you know, and, and this is all been hardwired into us for millennia to protect us from threat. But the thing is, if it keeps happening over and over and over throughout the day, then, then it has consequences. And just think, in that moment when it looked like that car was going to hit you, could you be uh, preparing for this radio show? Could you be, you know, um, you know, preparing your taxes or making medical decisions? No. And so the idea is to help people recognize uh, when they're in the resilience zone or when they're bumped out. And if they're bumped out, we teach them strategies to help them get back in mm. so that they can have access to the higher levels of their interesting yeah, decision-making. Well, thanks. This all sounds very interesting. Um, we've run out of time, but um, we will link to psychological health care. Is that where people healthcare. can find yes. more information on our website, which is um, healthlinkonair.org. Um, this has been Amber Smith speaking about physician wellness and physician burnout with psychologist Ronald Fish and Dr. Mickey Leibowitz for Upstate's HealthLink on Air. That went 